Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Football Social Daily Premier League Updates Hello, welcome to Football Social Daily. Another week, and it's another week of Premier League podcasts. This is the only place where you can find daily Premier League podcasts. So make sure you subscribe. And at the weekend, well, what a weekend it was. 8-0 for Manchester City, but a 2-0 defeat for Manchester United. So is it Ole out? Where do Manchester United go from here? And talking of managers under pressure, Marco Silva again is a topic of conversation. They lost 2-0 at Goodison Park to Sheffield United. Over there's Jim Salveson. Hello, Hello, Jim. And over there we've got Joe McGrath. Hello, you okay? I'm okay. I want to know if you're okay because yesterday your team, Manchester United, were beaten by West Ham United, who coincidentally Jim supports. Um, You watched the game, you both watched the game. Not good times for Manchester United, is it, Joe? It wasn't great. Uh, nothing about the uh, the team or its performance uh, had positives to it, so I'm upset that the manager came out and, and said that. I don't think he's done much wrong, Oli, as a manager, but when he was talking about the United moving in the right direction, there was nothing about what we played in that 90 minutes of football that suggests to me or to any United fan that there is there is a strategy in place, there is a sort of style of football we play and there is room for improvement. There was nothing about it, no positive notes, no no play that really stood out, no no sort of work from the, the spine of the team that we're so desperate to try and create. Mm. Yes, we've got injuries uh, and we picked up another one yesterday with Marcus Rashford being uh, the striker that's that's left in the team, uh, injured now. So you go to the games like Rochdale and Arsenal are coming up and you scratch your head going, what, what is next for United? But there, there was... Jesse Lingard. Yeah, Jesse Lingard. Jesse Lingard as centre forward. Uh, yeah, because uh, Greenwood, who, you know, there's a lot of praise about, he had tonsillitis, so he wasn't in the squad. Uh, but I don't know how long tonsillitis left. Give him some ice cream. Hopefully we'll be back for... Uh, Definitely for Rochdale midweek, and then will he get the call? Would you for play him in Rochdale in the midweek? Yeah, 100% though? as, as your only fit striker. We saw Jesse Lingard come on and play centre forward at the weekend. Yeah. Jesse Lingard hmm. with no goals yet this season. Season before, four goals, two assists. Season before that, eight goals, five assists. That was his best season. One goal, two assists. Season before that, he is your centre forward option if Greenwood gets injured. Surely. Yeah. 
sack off Rochdale. It does not matter. The priority has to be Premier League now. Yeah. You, you say sack off Rochdale, though, Jim. If Manchester United lose to Rochdale, they played the youngsters against FK Astana in the mm. Europa League on Thursday, who are the Kazakhstani champions. They beat them 1-0. Greenwood scored his first goal, which is a great moment for the lad. They lost to West Ham. If they lose to Rochdale, is that just unnecessary pressure on Oli? You say sack it off. But, I mean, winning breeds winning, doesn't it? That, that, that winning games will only it give does, Manchester United a boost. Expecting these young players and the front line for United at the moment, you say play the kids, is the kids. You've got Daniel James on one side, Pereira on the other. If you're playing Greenwood through the middle, they're three young players asking them to play two games mm. a week at... 17, 18, 19 years old is a hell of a stretch, yeah. a hell of a ask anyway. Mm. I think if we were to do that, you'd look at a bit more of a, I'd want a bit more of an experienced uh, lineup with Greenwood in it. I wouldn't mind seeing a two up top with Greenwood and Jesse Lingard working together in a way. So there's no okay. pressure on mm. Lingard. And then again, there's no pressure on Greenwood. If they could link up quite nicely with maybe a matter behind them bringing that experience in instead of just throwing all these youngsters out there. Then you look at Daniel James uh, uh, to the to the, uh, to the the left. Pereira for me has been, been nothing. It presents nothing in that, uh, in that sort of right ring role that he's never really played no. it before he's more of a central so, midfielder yeah player. so why the last two games have we uh, just assigned that to him I don't really know I, I think Fred should get in the starting 11 although he's got his mistakes in him uh, in terms of his rashness when he goes into tackles mm. and stuff I do think he he presents more pace than Matic and that's what we've been lacking McTominay had good uh, good spells yesterday's game you can see how he's a bit stronger but yeah the the, the striking situation now is Shocking. It's desperate, Joe, isn't it? Because, you know, he sold Lukaku, Sanchez is out. Um, I don't know whether he's got a recall clause, but certainly there's a chance that, that do, things really go downhill. He might even be back at Old Trafford a lot sooner than people think. We do have these weird spells in United's history where there's an injury crisis and certain players step up to the mark. Often youngsters, they don't necessarily go on to be the best players in United's history, but I remember when with Rashford we had that uh, moment of 2015 with under Lou Van Gaal when uh, we had an injury and Rashford stepped up at Old Trafford and scored two in his mm. first game and, and maybe it's time we have this sort of crisis again and Greenwood steps up the only thing we do then is we get ahead of ourselves and we expect Greenwood is going to be the yeah. next way really way and that's the pressure we've added on Rashford and that's probably where his downfall been I think Rashford looks so very 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 tired he just, I think, I, I think if Fergie was still in charge of Manchester United, Rashford would be on a plane somewhere, having a holiday by himself, and he doing looks nothing. Mentally done in, doesn't he? At the moment, yeah. there was the chance he had in the first half versus West Ham, where he was through on goal pretty much, and then he and he chose to inexplicably try to cut back and take on Diop, and he, it was just a terrible decision for a striker yeah. that in the past has been so instinctive. And he, you're right, he looks tired, he looks down, he looks like he needs a rest and yeah. to be taken out, but that's just not an option. It's not an option because we don't have anyone there, but it's the same. It, it's the we can talk, we can slag the players off, and every player has a fault in them. And the manager has got a couple of faults in him, but he can only be positive when he goes to the press. And I know that's the case. The mm. man who is ruining the the club at, at the minute and a lot of decisions that have fallen on his head was the man who su- uh, sat in the seats uh, in the stand yesterday. It was Ed Woodward okay. with the, uh, the player that what he looked like. Uh, do you remember Matilda, Miss Trunchbull's husband, was sat next to him <laughs> and some. Kid who's probably playing Angry Birds because he's on his phone all the time. <laughs> these 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 people that are running our club that 
only money really speaks to them. And I don't really know if they'll go away from that game going, oh, we beat West Ham, but West Ham got a mint stadium. Because they probably yeah. see that the stadium, oh, it's mint. They be- they've got to be a good club, haven't they? They can afford a bubble machine. Do you know what I mean? Like, Woodward would be like, I, do- it was- I don't think he gets football. I don't, like, really don't. I don't think Solskjaer is completely blameless in this scenario, no. though. I think no. he's the wrong man uh, for that job. And yeah. they haven't won away since the PSG game yes. when he was then given that job, which is a terrible Which, which of course, was a last gasp winner from Rashford. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, we can talk about Oli in a second, but you mentioned about Ed Woodward being sat in the stands there. Have you seen the clip that's been going around on Twitter oh, yeah. of <laughs> Phil Jones sat behind Ed Woodward in the director's box saying what no, looked it- to be <laughs> sacked in the morning? Who and then, jo- and then Woodward say. turns around and goes, stop, we're on camera. That's what someone's transcribed yeah. it the as on Twitter. The only thing that I think is fine, like, I think stop, we're on camera, was said by Ed Woodward. Yeah. I don't know if he says sacked in the morning. Do you remember the clip on YouTube that was going around about Lanny or Laura, what do you hear? And it's whatever someone puts in yeah, your yeah, head. Yeah. As soon as I saw that, I did see Phil Jones going, you're getting sacked in the morning. But why would Phil Jones say that? I just the don't think it's it. hilarious if he did. You, you know, oh, if you, if if you watch the video and watch how that clip on social media has been cut, Edward Wood isn't talking to Phil Jones. Yeah. He's talking to someone. Oh, come to on. The right. Of he Phil Jones. He's not an action man. He doesn't have a 360 degree <laughs> neck. <laughs> you can't turn your head all the way around and look at Phil Jones. But then Phil but Jones. I've done that else. so many times when he's people have been sat behind me and you kind of just lean your head back and go, yeah, mate, that was a terrible pass talking, or whatever. He's talking to the person who has been subtly cut out of that of clip. Course. Uh, of interesting course. about um, Patrice ever getting more actively involved, especially on his Instagram and Twitter, about his role at Manchester Well, United. he was watching the the under-18s last week and this week. He's been involved with the academies doing his coaching badges at Manchester United. So with Manchester United giving him a platform, Joe, do you think it's a bit strange the way he's come out and, and said some rather choice things about the club and the way that they're moving forward. No, I think he's he's saying it as he wants to say it. I think he knows that maybe something might be happening with Woodward's time at the club. I think there's there's so much pressure on that guy. I really don't know how he's going to be able to stay in that role for us for any longer. Uh, there was a um, a post that he put up on Instagram yesterday and someone replied to it saying, handle the transfers for the club, mate. Uh, and he replied saying, uh, I am. Uh, my first uh, my first will be, and then tagged in Dybala. He, tagged, he physically tagged him in. And so it's like, what what is he doing at Everett? Mm. Does he know something that we don't, or is he just winding us up? He's just a bit of a clown, isn't he? Yeah. I, I think he needs to really delve into the, I mean, we, we slag off Woodward, but I mean, football business is a fine art and mm. you do need to know you know your way around it I think we were told on this podcast um, by one of the contributors that Dybala didn't want to come to Manchester United because he didn't want to live in Manchester he wanted to live in London which Mm. is uh, you know not a fair enough reason but it's his reason it's a very poor reason but you know that's his reason you can understand why someone from a different country might feel that here's the thing about United right now though and I think it's time for you Joe and other United fans to accept the fact that you aren't the club you used to be and you won't be the club you used to be for about for the next five, maybe ten years. And the club owners are part of that. But this wasn't a giant killing. This wasn't a shock result. This was two reasonably even matched teams playing a game which United right. happened to lose. Well, that's, and that's and it it's a good point because Gary Neville said in commentary yesterday, and we said this yesterday on the Premier League Review Show, and I put it to the lads. He said, Ollie needs four or five transfer windows to compete, Joe. And my question was, compete with who? Is he really talking about competing with Liverpool and Man City? Because at the moment, Miles after off. spending 100 million or nearly you know, 80 million or 150 million or whatever it is on Maguire, Wan-Bissaka and, and, and whatever, they can't even compete with West Ham at the moment. So, I mean, who's he referring to there? Uh, I just don't know. I don't know. I think he's talking about top, floor, top four. 
Uh, I think that's the aim for United at the minute, and it's not going to be an aim that we're going to fulfill. Uh, I just don't think we're going to be a top four club. Uh, I don't know about the five to ten year transition. I think if certain, I tell you this now: if Edward would left Manchester United tomorrow. Right, and the Glazers left tomorrow as well. And a man who loved Manchester United took charge of what Edward was doing. And there was a, a reasonable owner there with money that the Glazers have got. Because let's not forget, Glazers have spent money. Yeah, they've spent money. They've backed every but manager. they've just not done it in the right way because they've mm. gave it to someone who doesn't know what they're mm. doing with that money. Yeah, sure. When Fergie had someone who knew what they were doing with it. David Gale, they won Premier League titles. Sure. Tomorrow, if two people stepped into them two roles, someone bought the Glazers out, and someone was Manchester United, um, you know, he loved the club and did the Woodward role, we'd win the league or could win the league in the next two to three years because you look at what Klopp did with Liverpool, they got a really good manager in mm. and they gave him money to spend yeah. on players because the players are out there yeah. and the money's there for United. I mean, what is it? It's 900 million Yeah, 900 million pounds since spent. June 2013. And you look at those two teams at the weekend, you look them like for like and you go, <coughs> number nine position, West Ham okay. or United, you've got Haller or yeah. Rashford. There's probably not much in yeah, that. but I'd probably for, go Haller for number nine. For West Ham, they know when they go and sign a player that they're not going to be charged through the roof. Even though they're a Premier League team, there is going to be a premium on that because yeah. they play in the Premier League. With Manchester United, if Manchester United had approached uh, Eintracht Frankfurt for Seb Haller, they would have been charged at least 20 million more than what yeah, West Ham paid. True. Because that's how that's how it works. Um, just finally then, before we move on, uh, I did want to mention West Ham and how well Noble and Rice played in midfield. They, they ran that's the superb, show, yeah. I thought. Um, brilliant from them. Um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, what's your stance on him, Joe? Play him up front. Uh, so yeah, he's the only fit striker. From, probably Ole would be an amazing striker. Um, <laughs> find it very difficult because you might have seen some words around Jose Mourinho. Uh, when he was in the in the, the Sky Sports box and he was just talking about his time at United where he, he admitted that he openly did things wrong but he was sacked and he says it in a way where he looks disappointed not just in himself but in the in the role as it is at the minute like there's something wrong with that role you might be the manager of Manchester United but are you really like is something happening behind mm. the scenes that we're not, not seeing not 100% control you mean yeah, yeah. exactly because Ollie had Jesse Lingard as his backup striker yesterday mm. and that shouldn't be at all right for Manchester United uh, especially spending that much money so who, who whose decision was it to offload uh, Lukaku and not re- mm. re- replace mm. him especially who, when you look back to the Sir Alex days United always had about four, yeah, four strikers. quality strikers. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking like Van Nistelrooy, but even before that, you had Sheringham and yeah. you know, obviously a classic time Dion Dublin, or even like Solskjaer to bring off the bench, yeah. or the classic... even Michael Owen, like ten years ago, was a sub striker. When when I went to one of my favourite games was Old Trafford, where Tottenham were beating us two 0 at half time, and Fergie brought on Tevez, Berbatov, Rooney, and Ronaldo, and we won five two. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> if if that was the case now. What Lingard Chong, uh, like you know, you just couldn't happen, and something's dramatically gone downhill. And you look at the consistent there, and it's that man, Ed Woodward, and there is no one who can say that someone else is ruining the club more mm. than that man. Mm. United are in a really difficult spell at the moment because not only are they rebuilding, they don't have a team that maybe is up there with the other teams in the top four and the top six. They're struggling, but they still have a heritage and a legacy that means everyone wants to beat them. So the game yesterday, as we talked about, it's like it Mm. wasn't a giant killing. It wasn't this massive shock result. But every single player on that West Ham team wanted to beat Manchester United because they are still Mm. Manchester United. They just can't live up to that reputation. And that is a really difficult place for the club to be. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, what about West Ham, just quickly then? Top six finish this season for you, Jim? Top six is optimistic. I think you have to look at who we've played so far and I don't think we've been massively tested yet mm-hmm. other than versus Manchester City first day of the season when obviously we went away on the wrong end of a 5-0 thrashing. They've got the players, they've got the personnel, they lack a little bit of depth at the moment. So if Sebastian Haller gets injured or Elia, as everyone seems to be talking about Elia, everybody's calling him now. <laughs> if, he, if he gets injured then we're in trouble. Anderson is so important on the left. If he get injured, gets injured we're in trouble as well. As you said, Mark Noble and Declan Rice were both superb at the weekend. Mark Noble gets a lot of stick, but I think he's really important to the Mm. team in terms of dragging us through. So, yeah, we can do all right, but they need to keep the players fit. Okay, well, just quickly before we go to a break, I want to talk about a game which affects my team on Tuesday. I'm excited for it, but I'm also not excited for it because I think we might get a bit of a tap-in. Southampton travel to Fratton Park to play Portsmouth in a South Coast derby in the Carabao Cup, which would be a big game for them because they, they left out one of their key players on Friday against Bournemouth where they lost 3-1 at home. Mm-hmm. It's the first time Bournemouth have won at St Mary's ever, uh, I'm told. So uh, they left out Musa Genepo, who had a muscle injury. I just think they were keeping him fresh, ready to take Portsmouth to pieces on Tuesday, which I must say, I, I'm worried. I'm worried. We're a League One team. They're a Premier League team. Yeah, yeah as you should be. Yeah. Because as you, there are two steps above you in the league system. But they're so not very ex- good though, are they? Well, anything they're not could a very happen. good team. I think, I, I think they weren't very good at the beginning of last season. But from the moment Ralph Hasenhutl came in, it's completely changed mm. that team. He's added a certain solidity into their defence and they can score goals as well. And I, I don't know whether, as you say, that was a genuine in- injury or not or whether he is being kept. I very much doubt there that a Premier League team has enough interest or puts enough weight on beating even if it is their arch rivals it's it's, in the it's seven Cup. years since we've played each other so let's in in, in sort of commemoration of the game uh, let's have a bit of bit of fun here let's play a bit of a game okay. is the answer canoe <laughs> the answer isn't carney but we're going to no. play a, a quiz a little south coast derby quiz and i think it's important that we uh we'll get the facts and go. figures correct Ready for it. okay south coast derby portsmouth versus southampton most overall derby wins Portsmouth or Southampton? You, you know what? You're a Portsmouth fan, so this is clearly all, all everything positive is going to be Portsmouth, right? <laughs> so Portsmouth have got more wins. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, last league derby win. Portsmouth. Portsmouth. <laughs> last <laughs> FA Cup derby win. Portsmouth. <laughs> last home derby win. Portsmouth. Oh, I pressed the bell too many times, it stopped working. <laughs> Away derby win. Portsmouth. Uh, okay, it's an interesting one. Last major trophy won. Mm, Portsmouth. Portsmouth. <laughs> Most FA Cups won. Portsmouth. Most league titles won. Portsmouth. Portsmouth. Who's going to win on Tuesday? Southampton. Southampton. <laughs> oh, there, we go. there you go. That's Good what game. I was looking Good for. Game. Good game. Uh, Good game. Easy game. Easy work. What I'm trying to say <laughs> is um, there's only one team on the South Coast. Oh, uh, right. This is Football Social Daily. I've got a right Daily. to reply the Southampton fans. Absolutely not. Uh, this is Football Social Daily. Thanks for joining us on the show. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss another episode. After the break, we'll be talking about Marco Silva and Everton. When we talk about managers who are next in line for the chop... Marco Silva's name always appears to be on the list. They lost 2-0 to Sheffield United. We'll discuss it more after this. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Football Social Daily. Premier League updates. Welcome back to Football Social Daily. This is the only daily Premier League podcast you can find anywhere. So go and subscribe so you never miss a show. It's seven days a week. At the weekend, Everton would have been looking to 
continue their fine home form under Marco Silva. Unfortunately for them, they lost 2-0 to Sheffield United. And I was uh, reading on Twitter and some of the fan forums after the game that there are a lot of Everton fans that aren't too happy. Not only with the performance, but last week's display against Bournemouth and just generally with Marco Silva, which is why we're going to go undercover now. We're going to find uh, what the Everton fans really think. We're going to find that out because we've got Mike from the Unholy Trinity Everton podcast joining us on the line. Hello, Mike. How are you, mate? Good morning. I'm not too bad, thank you. Uh, I'm hoping you probably would have come into Monday thinking you would have been in a better mood knowing that Sheffield United were visiting Goodison Park because your record at Goodison recently has been pretty decent, but it, it came unstuck for you, unfortunately. It did, yeah. I mean, um, I was there, there Saturday and I went there uh, full of expectation that it would be, be a comfortable, difficult game, but I thought that we would break them down eventually because I knew that they would sit and, and try and play for probably a nil-nil draw if they could. Um, but as we've shown a few times in the, the early part of this season, we, we were struggling to break these sides down. We like to sit deep. We, we get we get to that final third hmm. and lack lack ideas. To be perfectly honest with you, and that's that's our downfall at this moment in time. Yeah, I mean, you, you talk about goals in the side. It only really seems to be Richarlison who's finding the back of the net for you because since you sold Lukaku over two seasons ago now. It's been difficult for you to sort of bring anyone in. You, you bought Jenk Tosin, who's been a bit of a flop um, by all accounts. And, you know, Alex Awobi, 11 goals in 100 games. Moyes Keane's just a, a young kid. So, you know, really just relying on Richarlison. Do you think that's a, a big problem for Everton? I think the, the transfer window that's, that's just gone, I think one of the, the concerns that we had, we, we brought in obviously Moyes Keane, who's got a, a great reputation, very, very young player, 19 mm. years of age. Um, you know, he's, he's one for the future, so you, you can't afford to pin all your hopes on him. Um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, he's, he's 22 years of age, hasn't got a particularly great scoring record. He's got many, many good attributes, but the, the lad was a centre midfielder for, for Sheffield United uh, before he, he transitioned later on uh, with them before before signing with us. So he's not a natural goal scorer. Um, Shen Tosson was a, an alibi signing. Um, so make it that whatever whatever you will but he doesn't fit the bill for me as much as he's full of running and endeavour he's not a Premier League quality striker from us in my opinion mm. um, so we, we thought as a collective as a uh, as a podcast that we, we should have really have gotten some, someone with a bit more experience as well as Moise Key uh, over the course of the summer and I'd like you say Richarlison we rely heavily on him Gilfie Sigurdsson is not particularly fire. You know, he, he, he uh, scored 13, 14 goals last season. Mm. He scored one so far this season. Awobi, he scored a couple of goals. I, I like what I see with him, but, you know, it, it remains to be seen how many he can get over the course of, of the season. So, yeah, we are struggling. Um, but we're struggling to have someone who can open up defences when they sit so deep. That, 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 that's the concern. That, that player with that bit of quality mm. who can, when you are struggling to, to break a side down, you come and you've got one, one thing man and that's not to get beat it's someone with a little bit of quality you can unlock the door yeah like I said I read some of the fan forums and it was on social media listened to some radio phone-ins and it seems that there are you know a section of Everton supporters who are starting to turn on Marco Silva I mean can you feel that amongst the fan base most most definitely I think you know um 
this, since the Bournemouth game really, last weekend when we got beat 3-1 mm. uh, and we, we were poor in that game you start to see the tide turning you know but a couple of weeks earlier you know we, we beat Bulls 3-2 we got through in, in the in the Carabao Cup against Lincoln we started to score goals and you know Marco Silva's the best thing since uh, since sliced bread so uh, football fans are very very fickle the, you know look, look at the United fans um, Solskjaer similar, similar position he's trying to build a side he's got young players you know they expect success. We expect success. We've been starved of it for many, many years. So I think it's just a frustration at the moment where we're, we're being quite reactive in, our, in our, our thoughts and our emotions and we're saying we want to get rid of Marco Silva. In my opinion, it's, it's a matter of mistake. You, you can't keep on sacking managers mm. and hoping that then the next person you bring in will bring you success. You've got to build the side. Trust what he's doing. Trust, uh, trust what Marcel Brands is trying to, to mm. bring into the club as well. He's, he's been let down, I think, a little bit in regards to he needed another centre-half. We, we all mm. said that, yeah, you mean it, and Michael Keane are too similar. Yeah, were you hanging your hat on Zuma coming back to Goodison, do you Massively. think? Massively. Well, we were. There was him, there was uh, Tamori, and what, what put pay to both of them was the fact that David Luiz said, I want to leave. So as soon as he said that, any kind of transfer from Chelsea, whether it would have been Zuma on loan or Tamori on loan, went out to the window straight away. But Silva um, has been backed, though, and you can't deny that he hasn't been given funds in the transfer market, and he has overturned your squad even though you you are maybe lacking in a couple of players and so when you when you're backing a manager there has to be a certain amount of culpability we talk sometimes about managers being scapegoats because you can't sack teams but here actually with Marco Silva you've got a man who has been backed and it's now it's it's up to him to get performances isn't it 100% it's it's up to him but what what I would like people to sort of realize is that when you Centre half is such a pivotal position. So I, you know, if you look at us at the moment, if you watch us week in week out, the two centre halves we've got are, are, are very, very slow, in my opinion. Kerzuma, as an example, a great recovery pace. He brought the best out of Michael Key and vice versa. They work well, uh, really well together. We've lost probably one of the best central midfielders in the GCK. Yeah. Uh, from the Premier League, a tough, a tough gap to fill. We brought in a young lad. Um, in the in the name of uh, Gabamin, he's unfortunately got a a, a longer long term injury, a couple mm. of months out. Mm. You know, so he he was be, he was brought in because Marco Silva wants to play four three three. Now to to sort of move to that particular way of playing, he needs a number six, and Gabamin is that number six. He can sit, but he's more so quite progressive as well. At the moment, we're being stifled by the fact that we have got uh, no Gomez. He's injured. He's done it. Done uh, done his ribs. So we've got Fabian Delph, who's, yeah, he's not a bad player. Snidlin stifles a little bit because he, he, he's very, very defensive-minded. Um, so I'm not saying that Silva's not culpable in, you know, in, in some capacity, but I think that it's not just Marco Silva. It's a fact that there was a couple of positions that we didn't address, and, and he's, he's relying on Marcel Brands and the board to, to bring these players in. And it didn't happen. And that, that's football. That, that's life. You know, it's, it's, these, these things don't always go your way. But the players have got to take responsibility as well. At the end of the day, the squad we've got is good enough to be Sheffield United. It's good enough to go mm. away and beat Bournemouth. Yeah. It's good enough to, to beat Crystal Palace. On paper, our squad is it's not a bad squad at all. But there are more than just Marco Silva who are to blame so sacking the manager is not the way for me that, that's my personal opinion let me put a little scenario to you midweek you get done by Sheffield Wednesday maybe 1-0 or something like that then at the weekend City who were in terrifying form at the weekend put 5 yeah. past you is Marco still in the job this time next week um, yes 
Okay, let me put this question to you then, because uh, my cousin is a massive Evertonian. Um, he lives in Australia and he's come over for a few weeks and he's, he's going to Goodison Park. We've got tickets to the Everton West Ham game. So I'm going to yeah. be at Goodison for that. That's uh, on the 19th of October. Will, will Marco Silva be the manager of Everton by then, if things continue? Yes. So you, yes. you, you do think that there's a, a contingency plan to, to stick with him? Um, because obviously, if you look at the managers that are out there on the on the market, Mike, I know Jose Mourinho said he was looking for a project. I mean, is it just a case of who replaces him rather than get rid and then figure it out later? It needs to be more structured and, and figure out who's coming in first. It's, it's got to be, but I think I think you know very much the likes of uh, Farhad Mashiri, Bill Kenwright, mm. Marcel Brands, they all trust Marco Silva. The players all like Marco Silva. Something obviously it's, it's not working at this moment in time. It's difficult. The, things have gone against him a little bit. Mm. As I say, he's, he's not he's not totally devoid of any kind of blame. But you, you've got to you've got to trust what he's what he's trying to do. You know, and, and I fully trust him. And, and I know people don't like it when uh, because we've always been within in the Marco Silva camp, uh, and people don't seem to like the think we've got some kind of uh, um, agenda loyalty to him. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. we haven't we haven't. The point is, you don't get anywhere. Constantly sacking managers and constantly making changes. That that's that's how it is. Football nowadays, we all know modern football. People want overnight success. Mm. It's not how it works. He's been there for just over twelve months. He's still trying to build his side. We know there's still gaps in in that squad that need to be filled. Let's stick with them. Let's trust them. Let's back the players. I know it's hard. I sat there Saturday, and it was difficult. You know, when you when you see in uh, um, limited side with with all due respect in uh, Sheffield United, come to Goodison Park and, and take away our, our fantastic home record. It's it's not good enough, and it's not good enough. But mm. we trust the manager. Well, I do, and, and I trust the players to turn it around. And and he will be there. He'll be there for the transfer window in January, if fully expect. Mm. And we can address the centre back position then. And then we'll then continue. And there'll, there'll be progress. It's just it's going to take longer than your modern-day fan expects. Mike, it's been great to chat to you, mate. Where can we find the Unholy Trinity podcast? So we're on Twitter, at UATT Podcast. Um, we've got a couple of podcasts out this week, one on Monday, uh, one on Thursday. It's on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, all available. Just come over, give us a follow, speak to us and, and have, have a quick chat. Thanks for talking to us, mate, and hopefully uh, things pick up for Everton soon. Appreciate it. Thanks a Cheers, lot. Cheers, mate. Take care, Mike. Cheers. Let me ask you both a question. So we are six games into the Premier League season at the moment. We've already lost one manager. There are managers under pressure. Right across the league at the moment, Emery at Arsenal seems to be getting a bit of a flack because although they're in fourth and not been doing particularly well, certainly defensively, Pochettino at Spurs, people are questioning him. Solskjaer at Manchester United, Marco Silva at Everton, Watford. I mean, their manager's been there a whole two games. They're probably looking to make a change sometime soon, I'd imagine. Who's going to get the next... Boo, who's going to be the first or well, the second manager to go this season? Um, I don't, it's Nuno Espirito as well, maybe even. Yeah, I don't know who's going to be the f- next one. I mean, obviously the first one was so quick just after four games and you look at what City did to Watford on the weekend and you think, you know, what, you're going to sack another manager after eight games? Uh, I don't know, Mark Silva, c- could, it's all about who's going to come in to replace him. Mm. Um, so... I, I do, I do see if continuing games don't go their way and the money that they've spent because they have been backed quite a lot, like you said, Jim, in, during that call, I do think he might be he might get a boot. I've got some odds here for you, so see if we can comprise the top five managers in the list who, okay. are, who are next uh, in line to get the chop. So Marco Silva, is no surprise, is at the top, so we'll exclude him because we've just been talking about him. Who else makes the list, do you think? 
I think Pochettino might go, but I don't know whether he'll be sacked. I think, Daniel, t- I think Daniel Levy, Levy won't spend the money to sack him, but I he, think he might lose. Yeah, well, he's in third position. He's tens okay. with some bookmakers. Um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is also in there at six to one. Is he really? He is. So Silva, Solskjaer, Pochettino. Can I think you name? I'd, I'd put Chico Flores in there. Kike Sanchez Flores is 12s. Nuno Espirito Santos, 12s. And the others, uh, Steve Bruce, Roy Hodgson, Ralph Hasenhurtl, Dean Smith and Graham Potter. So they're all lower... Mm table teams uh, with all due respect to them um, no real surprises in there no. but I mean a downturn of form are we saying Pep Guardiola's safe are we? I think so yeah, after, I, mean, I mean it was a defeat <laughs> against Norwich but now he's back I think so that's the odds for the managers next to get the chop in the Premier League just a final one to, to wrap things up what do you want next from your team, Manchester United, Joe? What, what do you want next? What do you want to see next? Yeah, OK. So the ideal situation is that there's a nice little win against Rochdale. Whatever happens, just get away and get the, a little success back into the players, thinking, OK, maybe we can go against Arsenal. Then is the Arsenal game, and there'll be nothing more brilliant than the fact that we have been absolutely atrocious at the start of the season to get an absolute beauty win against Arsenal. <laughs> and they will be fuming. Arsenal fans will hate it because there's still that rivalry there, although many years ago that was the big big old rivalry. There's still that little... I think it's gone uh, in a sense that we were better than them and that was the rivalry for so many years. Now it's gone, who can fall from grace harder? Is it Arsenal or is it us? <laughs> uh, and if we beat them at Old Trafford, then hopefully that'll be the, the smile back on our faces just for it, short term. It feels like it needs that turning point, doesn't it? It feels like it needs that event, like the PSG game was, yeah. that one thing where everyone can go... Right, we've turned a corner. We no, but on. you might have thought a 4 0 win at home against Chelsea might have turned yeah, the corner, true. but that wasn't good. Oh. Bless them, maybe papering over the cracks. So that's there. what I want. I want an Arsenal. Uh, let's beat Arsenal. Okay, well, their defence is awful, so yeah. you might have a chance. Uh, Jim, West Ham United supporter, what do you want next? For your side, you travel to Oxford United in the third round of the Carabao Cup. I'd love on a cup Wednesday. run. I'd love a cup run. I can't remember the last time we had one. I remember getting to the semis of the FA Cup and the League Cup in. Probably 2003, something like that. I well, you got know. to the final in 2006 of the FA Cup, but you got beaten by Steven Gerrard, yeah. didn't you? So in the semis, I think 2000. I can't remember. But anyway, we don't, we we don't get cup runs normally. I'd love a decent cup run and continue the league form. If we finish top six, I will be more than happy. And I think you've got to say whatever happens, Pellegrini has stabilised West Ham, not just on the pitch but off it. It seems as well. He seems like he's opened up a dialogue with the board of directors which seems to have settled everything down. So mm. I think it looks pretty positive at the moment. So cup run and top six, please. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. This is Football Social Daily. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Don't forget, we've got another one tomorrow and the day after and the day after because we are the what only... the day after that? There is one the day after that as well. You wouldn't believe it, Joe, because we are the only daily Premier League podcast you can find out there. So go and subscribe to the show. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave us a little review as well. It means a lot to us. If you've got an Amazon Alexa device, by the way, just ask it to open Sports Social so you can delve into our skill where you can find Premier League match reports and match previews as well, not to mention daily news updates for your club. It's brilliant if we do say so ourselves, so go and check it out. But for now, that's it from Football Social Daily and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.